What are those? Those are the Grunkalunkas. <laughs> Tell them I hate them. Okay. Um, it's kind of weird because I'm looking at our charts for our geographical locations. We have someone that's listened to us from Canada, the Netherlands, the and Singapore now. That's kind of cool. That is actually really cool. Can we be racist? No. Damn it. No. We're recording. I know. So that that would be even more reason to not even be that way. But you know what I'm going to say. I'm not racist. I hate everybody equally. Right. <laughs> Can I be Republican? That way I have an excuse. Mm, we'll, yeah. we'll try and dodge the politic talk here. Yeah, I was going to say dodge that for... Yeah, we spent a whole hour bitching about the government on the way here. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> TikTok, really? <laughs> I was I was going to start what? singing that. Oh, we may have a new listener. Uh, I told someone yesterday, a friend of mine from Evansville, and he goes to sleep to podcasts, and he is extremely excited that I'm on one. Really? Yes. Um, We had a new like the other day. That might be him. Well, I told him yesterday, so probably not. Okay. It's kind of weird, too. Like, sitting here formulating a road path for... Something that doesn't... It, a podcast isn't something you just grab a hold of and you have. You know what I mean? It's something that's actually not tangible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, it's not like the old days, you know... It's intellectual. Right. Yeah, but where we're going, we don't need roads. True. Doc Brown said that. He was a smart man. And then in Robot... Or at least he was scripted that way. And then in... And then in are we recording right now? Yeah, we're... Oh, okay. It's just flying. Uh, and then in... Fuck Ro- it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> after the break, here's Sting. What? <laughs> uh, no, I lost my train of thought. Whatever. Moving on. Train Move along. Move along. <laughs> what was that from? Move along. Move along. Some Star Wars. Yes. Damn, why can't I? <laughs> Josh, come on now. Man. You've seen you know, that movie at least once or twice. I just watched it Saturday or Friday night with Trayton. Did I? Tell you guys I bought the despecialized Blu-rays. Yeah. Ooh. Yes, you did. Yeah, I've got them. I, some <gasps> dude was selling them on eBay, Goal and I. That's right. Oh, shit, dude, I dude, can't. We need a powwow with that shit. I can't yeah. wait to hear Boba Fett's original voice. <gasps> but if he doesn't survive, but Captain Solo survive, in the cargo hold, he's worth a lot to me. Yeah. Um, uh, in the epic rap battle of. Uh, yeah, of Deadpool. It, the guy doing him has the raspy voice. I love it. I come with a full set of Mandalorian flows. Everybody <laughs> knows. I'm just sad that they put Mickey's voice in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he is I your new... the cargo hold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found out that Boba Fett himself, Jeremy Bullock, is in a James Bond movie. Jeremy Bullock's <laughs> been in some weird stuff. Jeremy Bullock is the fucking man. I... I will always give him all the props. He was in Attack of the Clones. He was in the second Star Wars movie. Was he clone number? He was a pilot of he, something, he, something. He was clone something Air Force um, One. B-2. Well, remember in the Clone Wars, they had the one clone. His name was 5555, and they called him Fives? Yes. That was a great story. Thank you. But uh, Jason Wingreen, I think that's his name, he's the one who actually provided the voice of Boba Fett. Jeremy Bullock was just the one in armor. Right. So. George Lucas was notorious for doing that. He kind of was, yeah. Well, you get to be the body, you get to be the voice, 
and you get to be the face. And I'll be the bad writer who just <laughs> who just happened to pump out three great, amazing things after rewriting them sixty times. Uh, <clears throat> and they weren't kids. Um, <coughs> what I noticed, or something I learned recently, is that George Lucas did not want to direct the prequels at all. I didn't know that. I thought that right. he was like, it's my vision. I my terrible George Lucas impression. It's my vision. Uh, I'm not even going to... Laser sword. Lasers. <laughs> I hate it when he calls his own fucking creation a laser sword. No, when he, whenever he says that, he's saying it in jest, I think. Either that or in oversimplification terms. My, my kid wanted to name him Jar Jar Binks, so, uh, yeah. I went for it. He, I, I named him Jar Jar Binks. I was son, fine with was it. That was my son's name. Anyway. My son enjoyed it. Yeah. He, he wanted really, fart jokes. He really enjoyed the character. And... George Lucas is the most anti-Hollywood dude. Right. He really is. Well, That's he had to leave the Writers Guild in order to do the opening mm-hmm. that he wanted. But it's kind of funny, too, because the guy who fucking hates Hollywood is the guy who makes the most money <laughs> uh-huh. off of Hollywood. And he even made a comment about that. He said, I'll take your fucking money, sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Throw well, it at me. I want to know what happened to the guy who, when he did the original Star Wars, and he was, they were like, yeah, sure, you can keep the licensing rights. Go right ahead. <laughs> keep the licensing rights to your flop of a movie that no one's going to see. They had a Fox at the time. I can't remember his name. Uh-huh. But really, I mean... Alan Ladd Jr. It was still... No, it wasn't. It was. Oh, okay. It was still, <laughs> if you think about it, it was actually brilliant on Fox's part, too. Because they held distribution rights up till, well, Disney bought it, and they still held distribution rights up till 2019 on A New Hope. But the licensing. The licensing. I think he has enough money, and I think he knows he has enough money. Right. But here's the other part, too, though. Like, he distributed them all six films through Fox anyway. So Fox made a cut off of the films anyway. Right. If you also think about it, too... When it comes time to, when it came time to take his movies forward, he still went back to Fox. It's not like Fox missed out on anything. It's not like he just said "fuck Fox." He did throw his own money at these movies. He did mm-hmm. publish. You know, it was all he used Fox for was a distribution house. Is all okay. really okay? Yeah, they didn't produce the film in any capacity. Right. That way, he could do what he wanted to do. Right. That way, there is no there's no director's cut of any one through six because. They are the director's cut. They are the yep. director's cut. And that's, you know, there's a big clamor going on right now about the Abrams. There's an Abrams cut of, of episode nine. And I don't ever remember seeing a director's cut of any Disney movie in my lifetime. No. Well, I mean, and then with that being said, since nine was his movie, wouldn't it be the director's cut? Because he was, oh, okay. No, it was Ew. interfered with very heavily. Okay. Very heavily. Well, because it's the end of the Skywalker saga, so of course you have to fucking butter up the audience as much as possible. Right. Well, I know they're they're talking about getting away from the trilogy format, and they want to focus on single stories. And I like the anthology idea. Yeah, I think that's though, great because they just announced that they've got another trilogy. In I know house. they. It, okay, <laughs> there was two interviews: one with Kathleen Kennedy, and who's the head of Disney right now? Uh, Apparently, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> no, she's just in charge of Star Wars. I can't uh, think. Terrible of. idea. Anyway, in one interview, the head of Disney says one thing, and then in the next interview with Kathleen Kennedy, she says something completely opposite. I'm like, no wonder the last trilogy didn't exactly perform to people's standards. Uh-huh. Everyone at Disney doesn't know what they're doing. Well, 
I think a lot of the undertone of the last, well, the last three movies, there was just so much. There, it it didn't feel like they were doing something natural. It felt like they were. It felt like a product. Yeah, and 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 it, and it shows. Now seven, that, that's why Andy refuses to really interfere or like even participate in the new Star Wars. We we seen it, I, but I, that's I, as far as it's going to go. I get why he doesn't want to watch the Mandalorian, but. I think the Mandalorian is the best thing to come out of the new Star Wars since like Rogue One, you, and even Rogue One was kind of boring. You 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 realize and somebody I, I I didn't come up with this on my own. I heard somebody else mention it, but I don't know if you remember. But when George Lucas was originally talking about Episode Four, he mentioned movies like Yojimbo mm-hmm. and you know a westerns lot of the, and samurais were his biggest influences. Yeah, westerns and samurais, and of course World War Two, and and a lot of World War Two. Yeah. Or a lot of his in influences, and now that you know they've made the Mandalorian, they're like, oh well, they're, it feels kind of like a western and such, yada yada yada, and it's like, well, technically that's right, right. Where we stood to begin with in Star right. Wars anyway. That's why I like it so much because it feels like original trilogy Star Wars. It does. It the Mandalorian really does feel like old west. It does. I mean, there's there's it, now I'm gonna say not trivialized, but cinemalized Old West, you know, the fucking movies. Romanticized. Right, romanticized. You got the shootouts mm-hmm. and 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 going from town to town and just trying to make it by, yeah. you know. It's not especially uh, gritty. I mean, for Star right. Wars, they, but it's not like the Witcher gritty. I overall love The Mandalorian. I really, really do. Um, some of the writing gets me a little off. It just, it comes off at me wrong. It feels... I don't know, too serialized maybe, or not maybe. episodic enough. I don't really know. There's just there's little things that happen in the show mm-hmm. per episode that I'm just like, God damn, that's one step below fanfare. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. But what Star Wars movie now isn't? No, I got mm-hmm. you. No, 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 that's all I'm talking about. Okay, in the, I think it's the last episode... Spoiler warning, just in case. Yeah, no, it's the next to last episode. So, yeah, spoiler warning. Um, no one's around, so the IG-88 droid takes his helmet off to treat an injury. Yeah. Yeah, no, that I, is the last episode. That yeah. is the last. I do not like the fact that we get to see his face. Right. I don't like it. it but see, I, I... think it betrays his character. I don't mind that he takes the helmet off. I don't think we as the audience should see. Yeah, it would have been okay if he would have took it off and we got to see from behind the shoulder. Right, that would have been fine, yeah. Yeah, and then in like ninth season they go, oh, here, Mm -hmm. if they lay him to rest or something. Even, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. They did it because I feel that the average person wanted to see his face. They Uh couldn't just IMDB the actor and go, oh, there's the guy, okay, I'm good. (laughs) They couldn't do that. They couldn't watch Game of Thrones. Right. But that's the thing, though. It's kind of like, you know, Vader. Vader's got a lot of emotion to the way he looks, to the way he moves. Mm-hmm. When he moved, he had a lot of emphasis in his movement because he didn't have a face to work with. And with the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is even more of a dry slate than Vader was. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't really tilt his head when he's worried or wandering or anything like that. He doesn't have as much emotion. He stays very stoic. Right. But he, he doesn't want you to know what he's thinking. Exactly. Right. He wants you to imprint things yep. on him. So when he's standing in front of you and you both have hands-on blasters, 
you really have no idea what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. For all you know, he's either thinking about mutilating your corpse when he's done, or he's thinking about Pop-Tarts. Right. You don't really know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I think the only really big failing of The Mandalorian is that he talks too much. And not in the first few episodes, it's only in the last three or so. I think he talks too much. He talks a bit, but he's also working in a team. Mm-hmm. He's with people. Boba Fett was usually by himself, mm-hmm. in general. Well, and that goes to the whole... The Empire Strikes... My dad always used to chastise me because he was like, why the hell do you like Boba Fett so much? He's in it for like two seconds. You have no idea his backstory. And it's just that ounce of... Mystery? The mystery behind it. Like, he could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. You right. You don't I mean? know what happened, especially the way he talks to Vader. Right. He doesn't talk like he's got any fucking bones about it. Mm-hmm. He don't care if Vader's the most badass motherfucker in the no, galaxy. No, he's going to tell Vader, he's like, he's worth a lot to me. Yeah, he's yeah. worth a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like him, because he and Vader have a mutual respect. And if Vader respects anybody that's not a fucking Grand Moff, mm-hmm. then they're clearly a badass. The, and Vader doesn't fucking like... And Vader gives him the shit back. He's like, the Empire will compensate yeah. you guys. Yeah, he's like, all Put right, in. you fucking whiny bitch. <laughs> Shut up. Do it. Get it over with. You're I'm right. tired of hearing Boba Fett complain. <laughs> God damn it, we'll grab a beer later, but just shut your fucking mouth. <clears throat> Excuse me. But that's... Uh, that's oh, go ahead, oh, sorry. But that's the, that is the charm of the Empire Strikes Back. That is the fucking... The nail that always has been in that fucking coffin for Empire Strikes Back is the delivery of shit like that. Because in A New Hope, I mean... Even the shit Princess Leia is saying to fucking Tarkin on the board, on mm-hmm. like you know, oh, I found you a foul stint. You know, I should have known it was you. Yeah, stuff like that. It's it's more Did it, it feels force, right? Right. I mean, in Episode Four, that I mean, A New Hope, it was more Shakespeare right. talk, and it was written kind of like that to give you an epic feeling. Like this, this was a long time ago. Right. This wasn't a different time. This is a this is a. Uh, Space opera, right? Yeah. And well, we're happening to we're happening to see. What I love is that um, she half talks in a British accent, half doesn't. Right, that drives me nuts. But it, no, yeah. If if you uh, look at a lot of scenes that are cut from George Lucas movies, they have that kind of speech in them, and they're cut for mostly that reason. Like uh, I was hearing just the other day that there was a line from uh, Episode One that was cut between Anakin and Jar Jar, and he's like, "Aren't you afraid of? Or aren't you afraid? No." Fear is the mindset that only that preys on the weak. I'm like that is such George Lucas writing. <laughs> yeah. But if you notice, he actually hired a writer for episodes five and six, uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Okay. Yeah. He had the general story laid out, but Lawrence came in and made it right. compelling. Well, that's who worked on seven. Did he? Kasdan came in and worked on seven, and I keep Good. thinking he worked on nine. We'll have to look that shit up. But it probably. But that that was why they. That's what I think Seven was a good movie. A lot of people can shit on that movie and I say that it. it was fan service, but it puts you back in in those places with those people that you love. It was kind of like getting new action figures, and you're like, fuck, I had those same figures when I was mm-hmm, a kid. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It lets you play back in your own universe for just a couple seconds and be nine years old again. I've said it before about Seven. It was written, or just the way it was done, was to entice... They were trying to capture the magic of A New Hope. Remember how New Hope came out? Oh, yeah. Because it came out of left field. No one had seen anything like it. They weren't expecting it, and it just became this amazing thing, and it captured imaginations and hearts. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to they were trying to capture that same star with Annette. You know, they were trying to get that magic. So that's why I think it follows such a 
very reminiscent. I don't want to call it a clone. It, it's a clone. But, I mean, seven. it is a clone, but I don't feel that way about it. But I, I actually do quite enjoy Episode 7. Uh, I have a lot of problems with it. Of and, course. Uh, to but, be expected. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a very criticized well, person. We're but, in the age of the internet, and everyone mm-hmm. shares their opinion, and you got to think about it. Okay, let's look at The Matrix. The Wachowskis rewrote The Matrix script five, six times over mm-hmm. the period of ten years. So they had ten years to streamline their story and really nail it down. And like, well, we can't do that because that creates a plot hole. Uh-huh. Well, that doesn't do good for his character, so let's dial that back. So they had a, they had a real good time to invent that script. And then the movie was so successful that I think it was Dimension Films. They were like, uh... We need sequels. We need mm-hmm. a sequel. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Warner, or was it New Line or Warner Brothers? It was Warner Brothers. Yeah, Go ahead. I couldn't remember. So that's why a lot of times the other two, the the second and third in the trilogy of the Matrix, catch a lot of hell because everyone's like, "Well, that's got a plot hole." They didn't have quite the time, mm-hmm. you know. So when you have someone like Lucas messing with Star Wars, you take a story and you have a handful of people writing the story. When you get on the internet, you have millions or billions of people that can pull their collective thought into it, and everyone can analyze everyone's idea and go, oh, that's an amazing idea. Mm -hmm. That'd have been perfect, but you're not writing the story. It's not yours. So that's where we have to, as viewers, we have to take a step back. That's why my new philosophy is, was I entertained? Mm -hmm. If I go to a movie, they're like, was it good? I'm like, I wasn't bored. (laughs) What was wrong with it? A lot. Did you like it? Yes. Most of the time, I, I find that I can do that. I'll bitch about it later, but I can do that in the moment. With uh, Rise of Skywalker, I could not because I felt overwhelmed by the amount of pandering that was going on. And right. I, I get it. It was fan service to end all fan service, but it goes way too far for me. It's the bad thing about I, Rise of Skywalker is kind of a, a double-sided coin for me. And the reason that it is is because you have J.J. Abrams and the writing team that he had that started Episode Seven. He start. It, it's kind of like a picture. If you start painting a picture and then you stop and then I you say, "Hey, Josh, will you paint this?" And Josh starts painting it. But I, ha- I I like different colors. Yeah, he's like, I I I don't really like you. Kind of mm-hmm. you paint a darker tone or you paint it this way, and I want more sepia colors or I want I got more you. pastels. And then the other guy comes back to it and is just like, I don't want to, like, you know, completely paint over what this guy did, but, like, I've got to figure out a way to make this look the way I wanted it to look originally. Mm-hmm. And So then we bring Forrest in to paint the third yeah, the you, third part. You come back to paint the rest of the painting. And I light the bitch on fire because you used oil paint. Your <laughs> fault, not mine. Right. I'm acrylic, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually do paint with acrylic. But, but. it... That is what 7, 8, and 9 really is. Mm-hmm. It is one giant mural painted that the paint don't match. Well, because Disney, when they decided they were going to do a new trilogy and they want to continue the story and yada, 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 they let each director do his own movie. Mm-hmm. Which was a piss-poor decision. Uh, exactly. Look, I mean, look at, look at Marvel. They had Kevin Feige at the reins, and he was like, you can do pretty much what you want as long as you stay within these rules. Yeah. The, okay, the best example I can make for the new trilogy versus anything other Star Wars, we'll stick to the movie universe in general. 
when Lucas wrote it, he said, "Yes, they have the Force, but they can't do any. They can't do everything." Mm-hmm. You know, he's like the the Force guides them. It gives them special insights and abilities and helps them along their way because it kind of has a tint of destiny to it. Yeah. But even destiny is like, I can only push you in the direction you have to open. You know, I can only show you the door. You have to open it. Yep. So Lucas says, "Yeah, they have the Force." But they can't do anything they want. Mm-hmm. And then Disney's like, they have the force. They can do whatever they want. Exactly. And that's what happened. I saw a perfect... Well, the review itself was okay, but the, the headliner for it was perfect. It said, uh, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine was written by the guy who looked at Darth Vader, saw that he had a cape, and said, that guy can fly. <laughs> that explains that perfectly to me. I like that. Because I think there is so much lost potential all because... They're trying to fit the modern audience. It's not a bad movie. I will say that I think uh, The Last Jedi is better, but I'm one of those people who, you know, goes against popular opinion, apparently. So. I like The Last Jedi. I just have some major problems with the plot. That's all. My only problem at all with it. Pull over. No, we're not going to pull over. (laughs) Pull pull over. No, we're not going to pull over. They'll run out of gas eventually. They'll pull over. Pull over! <laughs> that's what it was to me. Yeah, I know. A slow speed it like chase. A, it was a fucking... But th- to that me, that's not the some... plot. That's that's the timer. Oh, I know. But that was the bad thing was, is that was the pacing for the movie. That whole chase oh, scene gotcha. set the whole pace mm-hmm. of the movie. And it really did. That's where... That is... If you think about the plot of The Last Jedi... Tell me what the plot of The Last Jedi is to you. Uh, Ray's trying to fucking learn something from a guy who doesn't give a shit. And at the same time, you know, the Republic, or not Republic, what are they, Rebellion. What are they actually called? The Rebellion. Know. Resistance. Resistance, yeah. The Resistance is, you know, making a last ditch effort to escape from the fucking new Death Star because they have to have a new giant super weapon. But the whole time Ray's going through her scenario. They are being chased. Mm-hmm. They are going through all of that. So, and the part about it that drives me nuts is just that the way that they used that whole frame to pace the whole movie. It, it set the whole I tone see your point. For it. So, in, in, instead of a high-speed mm-hmm. action chase scene that got your heart running, it was, eh, we'll just wait him out. And I can't really argue with that, that point of view because that's not the part of the movie I like. But, in retrospect... The Empire Strikes Back. That's what that was going to be my next argument. But at the same time, if you think about it, Ray was doing the Luke bit. Mm-hmm. Ray, you know, she was seeing Yoda, yada yada yada. But at the same time, the Millennium Falcon, during that whole scenario, shit was going down. They were running from the the, the Star Destroyers. They went through the asteroid field. There was something to keep the movie moving forward. Mm-hmm. At a decent pace. Right. So you you had Ray's kind of slow-ass pace, and then you get back to the Resistance, and it's just kind of like, eh, we're here, we're trying to live, Mm -hmm. we've got a plan, but we're not going to tell anybody on the crew. Right. That is, no, that's some epic bullshit right there. We're not going to tell anyone. If you would have known, would you let us do the thing we wanted to do? But, and then they tried to make, I, my problem with The Last Jedi is, is, they tried to do too much and not enough at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Because they took <coughs> normal Star Wars as two tracks. The good guys and the bad guys. 
in Empire Strikes Back, that's why Empire is so epic. It took three tracks. We seen what Vader was going on behind the scenes in the Empire. Mm-hmm. We seen Luke and Yoda, and we seen Han and Leia and Chewie and the rest of the, the Falcon doing their thing. And of course, all three of those intersect. At the end, they meet together. At the end, the Last Jedi tried to imitate the Empire Strikes Back, and that is what I've always thought. The Empire Strikes Back is the creme de la creme. Everybody knows that. There's yeah. never been a time that anyone's ever thought. Empire wasn't the best of all. But The Last Jedi, I feel, tried to mirror that more than the other two, just from that pacing. Just those three tracks. You look at those three tracks, you look at The Last Jedi, and it took those exact same three tracks. Mm -hmm. They split it into three stories, and it just didn't... And in the end... You know, in, in, in the end, in the, at the end of Empire Strikes Back, whenever Luke finally meets back up, with them, it's at the very end. Uh-huh. All the action sequences have already happened. The same way with Ray. Ray doesn't find them till the very, very end, and by then everything's said and done. But their defeat. What what, what did they, what did what major character did you felt was a loss by the end of the Last Jedi? What do you mean a loss? Like underutilized? Well, when Luke got his ass whipped. Luke fucking lost a hand right, by the time the right. Empire Strikes Back oh. and, was done. And had his fucking world destroyed by finding mm-hmm. out this super villain dude is his fucking pops. Right. But that just goes back into the argument that Rey is just a super god being who... Rey is Alice from the Resident Evil movies. She can't lose. No no decision she makes is a bad one no matter what. Well, yes and no. I, I mean, name a one bad decision she made that turned out bad for her. Uh, she lost Kylo. How is that her fault? Uh, it's the decision was to go to the emperor. When Kylo originally started in on the trek, he literally told her, "Let's do this together. Let's destroy him together." Mm-hmm. And she went out on her own. But did Hello, she dear. learn anything from it? She did. She did learn something from it Thank because you hope. she learned that Thank it took it took them sacrificing. <laughs> it took Kylo sacrificing his life. For her to finally, for her to finally realize it. Okay. Man, they sacrificed the bad guy. What a loss. He was a good guy at that point. Only she knew that, and nobody else could really believe her except that she's Rey, and they'll believe anything she says. Uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> no, that's very true. But still, people they Luke, did it the same. I know. Damn thing. I still sense good in you. I yeah. feel the conflict. Yeah. Tell your sister I was right mm-hmm. at the very end, and that is why I always thought Return of the Jedi should have stopped. That is where Star Wars was at its height. I agree. With Return of the Jedi, because mm-hmm. Anakin did what no other no other Jedi did. He went both paths, and he came back on the other side, and he, he stopped Right, it. at that point. Although, because I know we've always disagreed on extended universe, but once you get into the EU, then there's been... There's a handful of people but even have gone in the back EU, and forth. Even in the EU, nobody comes back from it unscathed. And, I mean, not that Anakin did. Obviously, he fucking died, but... I think Anakin comes out better than most people. Like Darth Revan, my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Right, he ends up being a prisoner for almost 300 years. Mm-hmm. He's in prison so that Vitiate, the emperor of that time, can just drain his massive force well. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And it, it does, it tortures him so bad that when he does become freed and the Sith gang up on him and kill him, his soul is like, fuck you, I was tortured. I'm not done with you yet. And comes back. Right. His you- body comes back. 
you realize, like, we've sat down at this table here today to hash out where the future of our <laughs> podcast is and what we can do to make things better. And we ultimately get into the ultimate discussion of Star Wars. I'm not complaining. And this isn't scripted. This isn't something we've had no. had set down in the rule books. But we have been talking about doing a Star Wars podcast. Right, the and then we just end up we just end up and chatting. we ended up just fucking having a debate ourselves yeah. into a 30 minute debate on Star Wars. Think about something too with Vader. They ruin. They ruin a lot. Of that buildup for him in Empire with episode three. I kept thinking they surely wouldn't show him getting cast into the suit by the time they were done with their original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Just for the factor of The Empire Strikes Back. I don't think there's ever been as big of a reveal in a movie that's had people clamor like that. And they even say that's the, the reason why in Return of the Jedi... Why, when they took the the helmet off, that it wasn't him under the mask. It's because they said that he was the one that leaked. That he was Darth Vader's father to a... I don't know if it was a news organization or what it was, but it come down to it that somehow, someway, they say he was responsible for the leak. And I'm not for sure. I I, I would have to go back and look at the news. You mean Hayden Christensen? Uh Uh-uh. Empire, the Empire Strikes Back when they were making it. David Prowse? David Prowse, sorry. David Prowse didn't know. He did. Somehow in the end, he knew. Okay. Okay. The official story is he had no idea. The line he delivered was, no, Obi-Wan killed your father. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's the line he gave. But then, <laughs> when James Earl Jones recorded the line, he was like, he's lying. Mm-hmm. He's lying to manipulate. You know, he's trying to cloud Luke's mind and make him confused. Like, well, what's true now? I don't, you know, mm-hmm. that was his whole point. But no, it's true. I love it. Honestly, I watched Return of the Jedi the other day because we wanted to watch Star Wars, but we didn't know which one to watch. So we, I had Chelsea pull one in. She picked that one. I could not have been more happy because I got all the giddy feels I had when I was mm-hmm. a kid. I think uh, Empire is the best and it is my favorite. But Return of the Jedi just looks the coolest. Like, everything is so pristine and perfect looking. Jabba's palace looks dingy and gross, and you hate everything in it. The Empire is so neat and clean. Glossy. Mm -hmm. Everything's glossy. Very glossy. Even Vader's extra shiny. Mm Mm-hmm. I love everything. Not everything about the movie, but the way it looks. I read part of the novelization of the original trilogy... And it sounds epic as hell. Because they describe Darth Vader coming down the hall mm-hmm. right after they attacked the Tanta 5. Or the Tanta 4. 4, yeah. And, like, even the stormtroopers know when he's coming because there's a chill. There's a chill in the air. Mm-hmm. And they can feel it. And it, even in their armor, there's a, a a chill runs up their spine. And they know they know Lord Vader's coming. And he don't take no shit. <laughs> I think the Star Wars books are probably the best extended universe any movie has ever gotten. But see, like back then, that novelization was written... It was written before even the end of the trilogy, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Because mm-hmm. they gave the Emperor some kind of bullshit backstory. Which was a mistake in my opinion, but oh well. 
Any well, even Star Trek had fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Westerns still does. What do you think Star Trek Into Darkness was? I liked Into Darkness. I did too. I'm not saying I didn't, but it was so fan fiction. Actually, the what they call the what's it called? Kelvin, the Kelvin, yeah, Kelvin timeline. timeline. I actually liked the Kelvin timeline. I didn't care for the last one as much. I didn't watch it. It's all right. It's worth a watch. But it's pretty fantastical. What happens? Well, yeah, Idris Elba's in it. It's more whimsical. It's more... Mm-hmm. Mm. Didn't they get Simon Pegg to help write the script, too? Mm-hmm. That's probably why. Well, he's a big... He's a Star Trek fan, too. He's also... I mean, he, Simon Pegg's a big geek. He's a big mm-hmm. nerd. But... He was a stormtrooper mm-hmm. in Seven. He was also... Uh, so was Daniel Craig. I remember hearing that, actually. Yeah. He actually talks. Yeah. Yep. yep. He's, he's the one who confronts Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember catching his voice. I'm like, no fucking way. <clears throat> yep. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to open the, you want to release these restraints, and leave your gun, and leave my weapon. <laughs> and he drops it, and walks away. I'm pretty sure Simon Pegg was also the guy who um, owned Ray in the beginning. On yeah, Simon, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the junk dealer, the big fat dude. Yep, that was Simon Pegg too. Maybe that's what he was. It wasn't a trooper. He was that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll give you one half portion. I don't know what she was eating, but that muffin thing looked delicious. I don't know. It looked kind of fungusy. It did. Food's food when you're a homeless person living in the desert. Pretty fucking much. <laughs> a lot of people gave shit to Luke. Drinking uh, blue milk out of that beast's tit. And I was mm-hmm. thinking... What else is he supposed to have for substance there? <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. Yep. And then he looks so reflect, refreshed after. He's like... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for episode seven, I was super excited because the favorite scene I loved was Kylo walking into the woods and he still had his mask on. You know, you remember the scene? He comes out and he's like, "Bam!" and he kicks his lightsaber on. And I'm like, "Dude, this guy's gonna be vicious." And that's hey. not in the movie. He turns out to be a fucking emo teen. Uh-huh. He's like, "My dad is my, my mom's in bed, dude." And uh, that's what I felt like. And the the second biggest letdown, Captain Phasma. Uh huh. She was so underutilized. They're hyping her up to be the next Boba Fett, and she is a bitch. You can't make me do anything against my will. Oh, wait, you twisted my arm? Shit, I'm powerless. But there's a, there's a comic that covers that, where <laughs> she kills everyone that knows that she did it. <laughs> she kills everyone and covers her tracks. That way, when she shows up, they're like, Phasma, we thought you died. And he's like, she's like, no, I escaped. I feel like Zori Bliss in the new one, the chick that Poe is all over, I think that she's their attempt to cover up that by making her a badass. Like, oh, well, Phasma's dead, but this new chick's kind of cool. They were just all over the place with plots and character. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like Mark said earlier, they were trying to do... They are trying to do too much. Trying to take too many paths. 
Yeah. Well, they had too much to fix, too. I mean, they needed... Kathleen Kennedy got the job because she worked under the greats. Mm-hmm. You know, her film credit is so high up there, it's amazing. Almost any movie that you and I like from the 80s and 90s that was a really great story, her name was attached to it. So she used that to work her way into being in movies and being at Disney okay. ship. Uh-huh. And Disney I was like... Wondered. Disney Thank was you. like, ooh. She worked under the greats. She has to have... She had to have learned something. But, no. <clears throat> she didn't learn a damn thing. She just, learned how to weasel her way into positions. Just <clears throat> in my opinion. I don't want one position. I want all positions. <laughs> She learned how to piss off an entire fan base. That's got to count for something. She needed to be a Kevin Feige. She needed to stay the hell away from him. It won't happen. Not now. Oh, no. Absolutely not. No, and they said they weren't going to give Brian Johnson a new trilogy, and now they're saying they're going to give it to him. Well, they also said they're, they're not going to give it to D.B. Weiss and the other dude from Game of Thrones, but... <clears throat> knows. That's right, yeah. They were going to do an Old Republic mm-hmm. trilogy. But after season 8 of Game of Thrones bombed, they're like, uh, no, we don't like you anymore. Well, they were trying to rush their season 8 so they could be done with it. They even admitted in an interview recently that they didn't even, they never really believed in the source material anyway, or something like that. Sure. For Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. or? I don't know. Game of Thrones is one of those I, I wanted to get into it. I watched a good part of the first season and kind of fell off of it, I it guess. Happens. It happens. I should have... I didn't give it the old college try, as you would say, but... It's a great fucking show. Well, I'm the guy who watched it for one person's sections and then could give two shits about the rest of the story. I watched most of the show for Arya and the Hound. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I watched the show. They have a great dichotomy, those two characters. Mm-hmm. And after they're no longer a thing, I just stopped caring because it wasn't as it wasn't as fun. It wasn't as cool. Yeah, but did you see the final season where they meet up again? Yeah, I saw where they meet up. <laughs> a lot happened, but Arya can now take care of herself. Yeah, and he's sitting down, whatever, and she's like, oh, "I didn't expect to see you. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you left me de- left me for dead." She's like, "And I robbed you." <laughs> <laughs> and the look on his face is like. Because the Hound, he's in season one. He's the guy that works for the king. The tall guy with the scar on his face. Acts like the Undertaker. He's a vicious motherfucker. He'll kill anybody. Uh, I don't know, because the wind's blowing too hard today. Yep. But him and Arya develop a really good relationship. And just seeing them, see him in the final moments, is 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 really good. Especially that, that scene. Yep. I loved it. You know, because Arya's a badass now. She... I don't necessarily know if she could take the hound because he's pretty vicious. <coughs> but she she did uh, spar to a stalemate with Brienne. Uh, and spoiler alert, Brienne and the hound get into one big, one hell of a fist fight on some big Irish cliff. And it is amazing to watch. Two people in armor about the same size duking it the fuck out. Gets to the point where they're beating each other to death with rocks. And when I'm a woman in a land where women are not knights, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's still a giant. Mm-hmm. Same chick who plays Phasma, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Chris, Christine... I can't remember her name. Christine something. First name's good enough for now. But, and she Ooh. wins. She actually beats... Beats the hound. Beats the most... So Arya challenges her. Bitch. Uh, in the final season, Arya meets up with her and challenges her to... A, she's like, do you want to spar? Basically. And she's like, well, since you're such a little girl, I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, I want to spar with the person that beat the hound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> and they do. They start out friendly sparring, but then Arya, this little fucking girl, and this girl's a fucking giant... Starts busting some fucking moves on her. It gets real serious at one point where she does like a parry and hits Brienne in the face with her sword, and Brienne just straight fucking ninja kicks her ass. <laughs> Spartan kicks her across the damn street. Yeah, I mean, laser on her fucking ass. <laughs> I love that. That show just so good because the characters go through development. I mean, good. They're not just flat characters. And it's not like one big arc. It's a constant development. They're always learning something new. When uh, Arya and Brienne fight, then they look up and they see Sansa looking down. And Sansa looks heartbroken. Sansa gets the most development out of the whole show. She looks so heartbroken because through all the shit she's suffered, she's had to have people rescue her. Mm -hmm. And then here's her little sister, Arya... Who can take on Brienne <laughs> in a one-on-one fight? <coughs> and it's just, but by the end of it, Sansa finally matures into a fucking woman, and then she's like, "Sorry, the North will be its own fucking kingdom. If not, then we'll fight you too." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she takes the throne. And by that point, by the end of that final season, she's become a ruler. She knows what it takes to rule. She know. I mean, you know what I mean. That was her whole arc. I loved it. So you enjoyed it? I loved it. Yeah. You feel like JD in our last conversation? Yeah, I'm <laughs> like I said, clueless on that. I mm-hmm. I guess well, I, I love the sword and sorcery and I love, you know, stuff like that, but I guess just from it being on HBO, that kinda kept me from watching it a little bit. You don't have to defend yourself about it. And I, but I did buy multiple seasons of it on Vudu. I, uh, when it was really dirt cheap, just because I thought, well, I'll eventually get into it. And it's just time, life, everything in between, mm-hmm. got getting in the way. I just never ever went back and looked at it since. So, yeah, but you don't have much time for sitting and watching TV. No, you have no time. For and the most part, we have all time in the fucking world to watch whatever fucking want. And there, there. Are- Eight seasons of hour-long episodes. Twelve episodes per season. But they're fucking good. <laughs> Except for the final three episodes or shit. I don't care. I, I'll I'll take Clegane Bowl. I don't Clegane care. Clegane Bowl is awesome. <laughs> it's, kind, it's kind of weird, too. TV shows now have become these big, epic, sprawling things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what did we really have in comparison to that? You had Bonanza. Well, Gun smoke. And even Bonanza... <laughs> Bonanza had an over... It was basically just another serial show. Mm-hmm. New problem every week, same people deal with it. 
there was a little bit of an overlying arc on it. I mean, there was a story that carried it from episode to episode, I guess. Not greatly, but a small one. But really, what did you have that, in Bonanza, even, like, nothing on the, on the line of... Well, it wasn't... It was... Uh... It wasn't serialized because it wasn't marketable to serialize anything. Right. Back then, the closest you had was Flash Gordon, and the only reason it was like that is because it ended on a cliffhanger, not because it carried an overarching story. It was a gimmick. Yeah. You know, at one time, he almost, George Lucas almost made Flash Gordon instead of Star Wars. When he was going to make Star Wars, he was looking to get the rights to do Flash Gordon. This might sound terrible, but I don't think he would have done it justice. Not compared to what we got. I mean, Queen. I don't know anything else about the movie, but Queen. He's a miracle! It's a trash fucking movie. I hate it. I don't hate it. I love it, but I hate it. But it's a guilty pleasure. I mean, it. it is complete garbage. Even the guy... Well, you guys seen him in Ted 2, was it? Oh what yeah, was he in the original Ted? I can't remember. It was the first one. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's a priest. <laughs> yeah, I, there is nothing about that movie that you just have to go back and watch, and think you know this is the height of sci-fi. Not so even for anyway. its time, it was still fucking corny mm-hmm. as shit. So. To be fair, so was Highlander, but Highlander is a very dark, deep story. It's it's kind of weird if you sit down and think about every science fiction movie you Trash. love. Even Star Trek, mm-hmm. the Star Trek movies, the, fi- the the films, none of those films would have been possible without Star Wars. Because Industrial Light and Magic even worked on Star Trek movies. Well, they worked on Star Trek 2. I believe the first movie came out before Star Wars. I could be wrong about 77, that. 77, the first movie came out of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But the Star Trek came out in, was it 80 or 79? I think it was 79 or 80. Was yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. Because I know I know Rathacon came out in 82. I just thought there was a bigger gap. As far as I understand, Star Wars was the first film ever to employ those type of special effects. Mm-hmm. That's why the movie fucking shocked and awed people. Because the spaceships <clears throat> looked so real. And they look so big, and they look so epic, everyone's mind was fucking blown. And what's funny is if you listen to the behind-the-scenes stories, the whole movie was shot and done. They were just waiting for ILM to figure out how to fucking do this. Yeah, but that's ambition. They were like, we're going to make this movie, film all the scenes. How are we going to do the special effects? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, George Lucas himself, he saw everything that ILM had put out, which wasn't much, very little, and he hated all of it, so he after filming the whole fucking movie, went back and had to redo all the special effects himself. To the point where he, after that, he would have to go to the editing studio and edit it. So he was bicycling, you know, back to, from ILM, back to the editing studio, back to ILM. That's why when he did the net, that's why when he did uh, Empire Strikes Back, he's like, I'm not directing. Yeah, no. <laughs> and he's not, he, even, he's he, not even writing well, all of it. Well, he'd already had a heart attack, too. Yep. Yes. That also took a toll on him. So he'd stress his own self out. Well, if you think about just just 4, 5, and 6, from a technical standpoint, they did things that nobody had done before that. Well, even, I, oh. even with Episode 1, when Episode 1 came out, they weren't breaking a whole lot of new ground. Even... It was one of the first films that, you know, that they had used digital and film with and, you know, collaborated 
to make, but it wasn't the first movie to do that. In fact, episode two was the first movie that they digitally shot every bit of it. Right, it was all digital cameras. Mm-hmm. I believe that. <clears throat> and I think it suffers for that. But George is the one that was behind the whole digital front. We've got to go back through, we've got to yep. make everything digital. And I, I'm i on both sides of the fence. I understand why he wanted to take everything digital and why he wanted to do it that way is because he wanted to try to make it preservable as long as he can. Because film degrades eventually. Uh, a film is not uh, finished. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's abandoned. He does say it. He has said that. Exactly. Uh, I would contradict that heavily, especially when you're rewriting your own source material because you don't like it anymore or adding new shit because you don't like it anymore. But, I mean, I, I know he wants to put his original vision in there, but 1997 special effects clash a little bit with 1977 practical effects. They do now. But at the time when he first released them, they looked pretty good. Well, yeah, because it all looks shitty. Rude. <laughs> I the Star Wars special editions only in 1997 for the very last time. Why do I remember that commercial? I think the 97 when they released. Well, we were in high school when they were mm-hmm. re-released them. The Star Wars uh, trilogy special editions. I honestly think. Some of the changes he made in it were for a positive. I do um, agree. Empire Strikes Back did look a little bit nicer with the extra Millennium Falcon shots. The Cloud City looked bigger. I'm not saying all the shit that he did. Uh, everybody always clamors about, you know, who shot first. I think that's a bit of an over-exaggerated statement. I think there's kind of a bandwagon effect with that because who gives a shit? I get it. Han Solo shot... He didn't shoot first. He was the only one who shot. Because that's his character. He's right. a fucking rogue. He does what he <clears throat> wants. But you can't do that because it's a kid's movie. Well, I get that, but... You blew up a fucking planet, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's not a kid's movie. You killed millions mm-hmm. or billions of people. You you And you, shown... ma- you gave an old man his tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had me until that. <laughs> but... Yeah. I, I get it, but... It's also not that big a deal, because it's not like Greedo's a fucking nice guy who wouldn't shoot at all. It, it <clears throat> makes sense. It's more exciting that they both shoot. Character, arc, and progression. Han was out for himself. He did what he had to, to survive. As the trilogy goes on, he learns the power of friendship. <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind, Josh. I've seen Star Wars. <laughs> what? <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's the power of friendship. He just finally realizes there's something more important than himself in the I'm just being silly. It's the power of love. I don't like that song. You do now. Not really. All right. Do we want to get down to business? Because if not, we'll talk Star Wars all day. Yeah, we really Or do you want to make this a separate recording? We, I can, I, I've got. We own scissors. We can always cut it, cut it, and make it into anything we want it to be. So we could do two recordings. I don't give a shit. Well, I mean, we can just keep rolling and record right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, we could make this the official Star Wars thing, and then go back later and or after this, then do an, a roadmap. We, we could even name it "Spontaneous Star Wars Debate." <laughs> and Star Wars happened. 
Uh huh. Um, I like it. I do too. Star Wars: A New Discussion. You know the thing no one's ever talked about before. <laughs> Never heard yeah, of no it. Shit. <laughs> I like how we're saying nothing new about it, but we're doing it in our own special way. Well, it's hard to not say. Think about everything that we talk about. Video games, movies, politics. Mm-hmm. Our thoughts have been thought by thousands or millions of other people in some facet or another. Really, I mean, th- fucking take Joe Pesci's lines from any fucking movie he's done. Hi, it's, I'm Joe Pesci. It's not like Joe Pesci's coming along and breaking new ground with it. He's just putting his Joe Pesci spin on it, mm-hmm. which makes it way cooler. Because Joe Pesci can make anything cool. <clears throat> have you seen the behind the scenes of him when he was on um, Sesame Street <laughs> is he cussing all the time yeah it's That's behind awesome. and he, he's he he gets in verbal debates with uh, like Kermit <laughs> and uh, Elmo and he and shit you not he's like uh, the guy who does Kermit will or Elmo will say something just a fucking dick move and everyone's laughing and Joe Pesci's like look at this fucking guy look <laughs> at this fucking guy right here I'm gonna have to fucking lay his ass out it's just hilarious cause that's Joe Pesci I love it. I love Joe Pesci. There was some other show that... What, am I, I clown you? Am I wearing clown shoes? <laughs> I don't know if it was <coughs> De Niro. Maybe <clears throat> it was Pesci that they said that they had to have... They had to go back and edit out so much stuff because he cursed so much. He just could not stop cursing. They like He's just incorporated it so much into who he is that it is just everything he spews is... Bada bing, bada fucking boom, bada. You know. My favorite example is uh, Home Alone, where he's not allowed to curse, and you can tell he's trying so hard. <laughs> yeah, he is trying so hard to just go. <laughs> Instead of you, goddamn fucking mook, I'll fuck you up, you little fucking bitch. I swear to God, I'll fucking cut your goddamn head off. Well, in Netflix, there was a ne- there's a new Netflix series. I can't say new. It's probably a couple months old now, but there, it's it's uh, what is it? It's, Another it, Life. That show sucks. Don't watch it. It's about uh, it films that made us, I think is what it's called. Yeah, movies that made us. Movies that made uh, us. It's a spinoff of the toys that made us. Yeah. And they are, they cover Home Alone in one of those episodes. And they he come up with his own language to curse, because he couldn't curse all the time. <laughs> That's where I'd seen that. I just love it. He is trying so hard. Well, it just shows he's a professional, kind of. Uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> <clears throat> and it... I think anytime you've got an actor like Joe Pesci on scene, on on the screen, it'd be hard not to kind of gush over a dude like that because mm-hmm. that dude's had been in everything. Right, he's been in a lot of <laughs> shit over the years. Well, everybody knows who he is. He's one of those actors uh, who every time you see him, you know who you see him, not the actor. Uh huh. But it has nothing. It's not like Tom Cruise or Sam Jackson where they've been in so much shit that they just play themselves. Mm-hmm. It's Joe Pesci. He doesn't know how to play anybody but himself. Yeah, hey, Joe Pesci was really good being Joe Pesci in that last movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Joe Pesci. He should have been on Jingle All the Way. All the trailers are like, in this movie, Joe Pesci pretends to be a fighter pilot. In this movie, Joe Pesci (laughs) pretends to be a lawyer. Are you talking about Rob Schneider? Rob Schneider is a carrot. (laughs) From South Park. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Schneider. Uh, Rob Schneider was on the Game Grumps with his surprisingly hot wife uh, not terribly long ago. I say that, but it was like two years ago. 
and his Rob Schneider didn't play shit. He didn't know anything about video games, but his wife beat their asses in the first Mortal Kombat. <laughs> really? Yes. That's awesome. That's Probably because she was half their age. <clears throat> um, Apparently, yeah, but she's good looking. His daughter is L. King, the singer. She has really? the. Yep. Man. I'm, I'm almost positive. How did so much cool stuff come out of Rob Schneider? Well, he took the comedy route of being the fool. Mm-hmm. You're not laughing at the jokes. You're laughing at Rob Schneider. Yeah, because the jokes are garbage. But right. Rob you're, Schneider. You're, you're laughing at the person. So, I mean, I'm not going to argue. He he achieved a very modicum of success. Oh, he did. But he would never be that guy. Mm-hmm. He would never be. He would never be a Chris Helmsworth. Yeah. Who is <laughs> has comedic timing, which is very very good. In the '90s, he looked like a discount rock. Uh. I got my Trayton watched Cabin in the Woods with us or with me the other yeah. day, and we finished it. And <clears throat> excuse me, he really. And at first, he was like, "Cause I told him I was like, it's not the typical horror movie. You should check it out. Let's watch it." And as soon as he seen Chris Helmsworth, he's like, "Thor, I'm in. Let's do this." I'm like, "Is that your man crush?" And he's like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny. I was sitting here thinking, like, man, what put you guys on the mark? on the map in your podcast I'm like it was our uh, hot Rob Schneider take (laughs) (laughs) like I didn't know Rob Schneider was still alive you guys talk so much lovingness about this dude Uh, I I find it funny to go back and to to watch like fucking what was it The Animal Mm -hmm. yeah that movie where he's just playing fucking Rob Schneider being an asshole but then you go back and see the evolution. You watch Judge Dredd, where he's half the straight man, but totally the comedian. Dude, in Judge Dredd, I swear to God, <clears throat> they, the difference between him and Stallone, the way they were treated, mm-hmm. was... Yeah, I remember hearing it was total fucking... Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> when they had to do the running down the tunnel from the fire... Stallone got extra protection. Mm-hmm. He got like this leather bag thing or something that covered. Yeah, him. he got something all. Yeah, exactly. And then Rob Schneider, they're like, run. <laughs> I mean, run really fast. The, the whole movie was like that for Rob. He said it was just, it was terrible. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, he liked doing the movie, but. But then you go back and watch Demolition Man, where he's not, he's just extra number three, but he has a couple witty lines. But he does really good in that. He's memorable. That's the thing. That's mm-hmm. I, as soon as I said Rob Schneider, I remembered him in that, not yep. the fucking animal. Right. <clears throat> I think of like uh, the Deuce Bigelow movies. There's only one freaking oh, yeah. line I remember from any of them, and that's when the big lady's like, "So he's like, I think there's been some kind of mistake." Did somebody say steak? <laughs> that's the only line from either of those movies that I remember. I remember a lot about the second one that I really shouldn't. You probably uh, shouldn't know. No, there. F- fuck, I can't remember the whole situation. But a, a famous like porn star or something dies, and then. A guy's trying to get or is getting framed for the murder, but he's he has to look at the dude's dick for some reason. So he goes down there and he looks and he's like, "That's the real Loch Ness monster." Why do I remember that line? I don't know. I don't either. You got about tree fitty. Get <laughs> <laughs> about tree fitty. <coughs> tree fitty. Tree fitty. I don't know why he won't treat. I gave him a dollar the day before. God damn it, woman! <laughs> of course you're gonna come back. Give him a dollar. <laughs> Uh, Rob Snyder was one of those SNL characters that I didn't quite. Like, well, I guess the same would go for uh, making copies. You know, I had to say it. <laughs> Dana Carvey as well. Right. Dana Carvey was 
Dana Carvey does Dana Carvey well, but, well, I mean, beyond Wayne's World and bits like that, like... You didn't love him in Master of Disguise? I never seen Master of Disguise. Don't watch Master of Disguise. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Brent Spiner from da- Commander Data. It's worth it. I figured. But no. Am I not I, turtle enough for the Turtle Club? I, I <laughs> so stupid. I hate it. Think about that, though. How many of those, they come out as a dynamic duo, and one broke away and the other one stayed? Yep. I mean, Harvey, or uh, Harvey, uh, what's his name? Chris... He's passed away. He's heavy set. Chris Farley. Farley. Chris Farley. I said it first. Chris Farley was starting to do that with David Spade. Remember? Mm-hmm. But when Chris passed away, you know, everyone was still like, David was just like, oh, hey, well, I guess he ain't got a shadow to cast over me anymore. I can go ahead and do my mm-hmm. own thing. Mm-hmm. And he turned into being an okay actor in the end. Well, but he's got his own talk show now. Does he? For a couple years now. Cool. Well, I mean, he kind of stuck it out with Adam Sandler and... Him and it, you know, he did Adam Sandler's movies and and shit like that. Right. Like Dickie Roberts and the grown up movies and I mean stuff yeah. like that. And he's been successful and whatnot, but really, like, what movie do you think of him being in? I know right. You you think of Tommy Boy or Black Sheep. Right. I, I think generally. of uh, I think of Joe Dirt, but I understand Joe Dirt. I also think of the Emperor's New Groove. It puts the yeah. Joe Dirt in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Gosh. I forgot all about that bit. Yeah. That is a good movie, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> That's probably his best good, movie. That good he's things are going to happen of. to me today. I'm Joe Dirt. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to change your ass. Your, your, shit. You got to change your name from kicking wing to kicking ass. <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But honestly, when people think of him, they think of Tommy Boy. Right. Yeah. Uh, that That's just... Fat man in a little is, coat. It's kind of a shame, because if you go back and watch uh, Tommy Boy today, it's not that funny. Compared to most of other Chris Farley stuff. Some of the stuff holds up. Some of it... Yeah, it, it it's kind of lacking, but... There's a lot of topical stuff like that, where it, it fits for the decade it's mm-hmm. in, because <clears throat> we talked about like wrestling. Back in the '90s, it was <clears throat> the, the Midnight Rockers. It was the age of attitude. Uh huh. So everyone had a tude. What's your tude, bro? You know, everyone everyone had an ego, and <coughs> it, it's still in wrestling because it's uh, it's just um. Well, it's it's kind of ingrained into it. It's macho. It, it's a soap opera for men. It is. is what it is. But they still like at this point now they have in the middle of of the show or whatever they'll stop and they'll donate a check to charities or bring kids on stage uh-huh. you know to meet your favorite star and stuff like that so it's it's more wholesome because they want to get kids you know because well because kids grow up watching your stuff they're going to buy your mm-hmm. stuff you create a customer for life and you ensure the success of your company for generations to come pretty much I mean that's I mean that's why Vince McMahon is so successful because yeah, honestly he knew how to market Mm-hmm. And uh, he had good DNA, and his daughter was good looking. <laughs> he he's actually a really good <laughs> announcer too. When he when he was ringside, he was actually a really he's a good. great announcer. Terrible boss and a terrible terrible father. But no, his daughter Stephanie came out and said a couple years ago that philanthropy is the uh, fuck. It's the new generation of entrepreneurialism or something like that. Basically, philanthropy is your free advertising and your free one way ticket to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. paycheck. I mean, it is a business. 
So, but why tweet it? <laughs> it's it's an it's an entertainment business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you want your business to continue, you have to make money. I get it. It it's a little it. Well, it's those people that they want to shake hands of homeless and give them cash only when a camera's around. Uh huh. Instead of doing it when no one's watching, like Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, he's so fucking amazing. That gentleman of a man. That dude, I swear to God, something about him. He's he's almost, if not, has reached Chuck Norris status. Just about, yeah. Just about. Have you? There's one meme where it shows him. He's at a table at a bistro, and he's got wine in his hand, mm-hmm. but the the bottle on the table's water. <laughs> <laughs> I get more of a kick out of that than I it's, should. Someone just happened to notice it. And, he, and so there's a little kid asking for his autograph. Aww. And the smile on Keanu's face is just like, he's like, yeah, of course you could have my autograph. Thanks for coming up, buddy. <laughs> That's so cute. I don't remember what article it was. It was some magazine. This was years and years ago. And <clears throat> the guy writing the article purposefully hunted down celebrities and was annoying on purpose <laughs> and asked for autographs. To provoke them? To provoke them. Not not necessarily to provoke him to test. There gotcha. is a difference. He was doing he was doing a list of like the top twenty nicest and the top twenty meanest celebrities. And number one on the nicest was The Rock. I believe that. He caught The Rock at dinner with his wife and kids, and he came up and he acted like the annoying fanboy. Mm-hmm. And The Rock was like talked to him for a few minutes and signed, you know and told him thanks for watching his movies and I really appreciated him. And then when he was done, he came clean. He's like, actually, I'm writing this. I was just blah, 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 blah. And uh-huh. They all had a laugh. And he said Will Ferrell was the worst. That he said sucks. he said Will Ferrell was just, he pretty much couldn't get a word in edgewise because Will was like, get away from me. I don't, I can't really blame any celebrity for that. I agree because you, your life is constantly. I remember way back in like 2005 seeing, uh, it was on the news or something, a, a rabid fan had gone up to Harrison Ford coming back home from with groceries in his hand and Harrison's like get the fuck away from me like mm-hmm. well, he's did, trying to live his own damn life did you see Borat or not Borat what was the other one that Sasha Baron Conan did <clears throat> uh, also began with Bruno. Bruno. Bruno Bruno we got an exclusive interview with Harrison Ford <laughs> he's like yeah it's like he's building up to the whole thing and then finally they got they finally catch up with Harrison Ford and he's like get the fuck out of my face <laughs> <laughs> just like what the fuck? Oh, uh, I don't. JD showed it to me. They were using deep fakes, and they did a interview with Harrison Ford and George yeah, Lucas. I saw that. Yeah, and they're just sitting there talking. And you know, do you know what deep fakes is? Where they use AI and software oh, yeah. to map faces on. <clears throat> so the two characters are sitting still as much as possible. But in order for deepfakes to really work, you have to have the mannerisms down of the character. And whoever's playing Harrison Ford had him figured out down to the smirk, the way he tilts his head, <laughs> yeah, he the way he laughs on, like, off-timing moments, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> or, or like, when something's <laughs> funny and you should laugh at first, he'll be like... <laughs> like, he's been trying to hold it back for a minute, but he can't hold it back. It just... It's hilarious. And then as they're talking, then like Lucas is like, how high are we right now? And, and <laughs> the, the way the guy Harrison Ford reacts, it just nails it. I was like, wow. I would really believe that's fucking Harrison Ford. The George Lucas guy wasn't, he didn't have the right body. He but was good, but yeah, not good. It was good. They had the mannerisms down, but they had Harrison Ford down to a T. That was yeah. pretty amazing. I think I've seen them do the, the George, like he was giving his hot take on mm-hmm. one of the Star Wars movies in the deep fakes. 
I've almost tried to rid myself of watching too much stuff <coughs> like that because there's going to be a time while I'm sitting here talking about, yeah, and then George Lucas said this shit. And they be like, George Lucas never said that, you crazy fucking... Right. Oh, wait, I seen him talk about it on Deepfake. Fuck me. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean... Well, I'll, I'll step into politics just for a second. Um, It seems like... All right, that was a good one. Yeah, Let's go. sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's, it seems like our modern government is pretty ineffectual, except... Once, once the members of Congress were briefed on deepfakes <laughs> and how easily something they said could be faked, mm-hmm. they immediately passed laws against it about how it can be used. So it's strictly for entertainment purposes. You AKA can o- porn. You can only this word's mostly used, but <laughs> not anymore. I mean, you got people faking. Well, yeah, it's too funny interviews. now. It's pretty awesome what they can do, but it is scary. The first one I saw was uh, someone did an entire scene from The Shining with Jack Nicholson, but they replaced Jack Nicholson's face with Jim Carrey. And it it works. It it works so fucking well. You were talking about movies that don't hold up very well. Go back and watch Jim Carrey's library of masterpieces and and see how well those hold up. Some of them are pretty cringy now. You're like, mm. I, I actually don't like the first Ace Ventura that much. But I can't get enough of the second one. It makes me laugh unfucking unbel- unbearably hard every time. The I'm not even laughing. Or what? Huh? The white devil part or what? All of it. It's too stupid. It is so lowbrow entertainment that it circles back to being highbrow. I'm not even laughing, but I'm starting to cry like I'm laughing hard because that movie, uh, when nature calls, like I enjoy the first one, but that second one, that that gets me in the feels because that movie's. So fucking amazing. Uh-huh. It is so great. When he's fucking behind the guy's car with a parasail, and then he pulls out the <laughs> telescope just to see his license plate. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know who he is. You know where he lives. You walked up to his car <laughs> to attach your fucking parasail. <laughs> and now you need to check his <laughs> Now you need to check his license plate. <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm not even laughing at <laughs> I'm laughing at Josh. Laughing I know. At it. I've got tears. We went. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> That's like Kung Pao. Okay, we're watching it when we go. You know, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned Kung Pao. The guy who is in Kung Pao, the, the actor, Odekirk. Odekirk. Yeah. yeah. He directed When Nature Calls. Yeah. I think he did, didn't he? But thinking, <coughs> thinking about that, listening to Josh laugh to make him laugh. <laughs> like, we went and watched. Uh, uh, Kung Pao when it first came out in theaters and we took our friend Anthony with us. Yep. And that movie is pretty funny, but I laughed more probably at him laughing <laughs> than I did actually the movie itself, which was kind of sad to say. The movie is hilarious. I, I still do love that movie, but I laughed harder at him laughing at the movie than I did actually at the context of mm-hmm. it. I, I understand that because <laughs> I watched it a couple of years back and it doesn't. Not only are the special effects just garbage. They were garbage. They then. were supposed to be. I, though. I yeah. think they were. Yeah. I, I could tell. That's the point. <coughs> like the whale. 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 It is so out of place. Oh, and but the it's waterfall. totally on purpose. Yeah. 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 Oh, dude. Uh, um, Trayton laughed the hardest <clears throat> at the baby. She's like, "Oh, <laughs> so cute!" <laughs> and then takes the baby and bye bye. Rolls him down the other side of the mountain. That is the first joke that ever made me laugh so hard I coughed. He, uh, we were watching. I don't remember if we seen it together or if it was the first time or third time. Don't know. 
but we were watching uh, the Pick of Destiny. Oh, today oh, and man. and the part where where Meatloaf the comes Sasquatch. out as Sasquatch, <laughs> Mark loses it, dude. He can't breathe. He can't he can't open his eyes. He thought it was the funniest fucking thing. Just because it was just like. It was it was so I caught me so off guard. Well, there's no lead up to it. I don't know where he's just like ah, and Mark's like I can fly, <laughs> but can I be a baby sass too? But JB, you, you already, already are. are. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Half man and half machine on the cover of a magazine. Sasquatch is my daddy, but he's got, got to, to protect me. You can't. Oh These man! These lyrics don't make sense. <laughs> we can find the evidence that Sasquatch is my papa, and, and he's got, got to protect me. The, oh man! It, it is stupid oh. film, though. Stupid film like that, really. That that nails. Let's go down the Strawberry River. <laughs> okay. Fucking day. He's, a, he's in a real yeah. fucking That's raging rapid for me. <laughs> was that factor right there? Is there just like it was juxtaposed between? Da, 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 right, he's da. so fucking high that yeah. <laughs> he's having time of his fucking life. I laughed so hard I almost i I used to turn blue. I guess when I was my yeah, dad always yeah. told me stories of <laughs> me laughing so hard that he didn't know if I was going to breathe again. And I have got to a point where I've laughed so hard I've gotten lightheaded and mm-hmm. stuff. Just done. yep. <coughs> so, Excuse me. For sometimes, for some reason. Every time I start laughing hard, Josh starts laughing hard, and then I continue to laugh even harder. Like my laugh is trying to outdo his laugh, but then we right. just get, we start coughing and we we're can't so breathe. we're so out of shape. We start coughing, <laughs> even at the slightest giggle. Oh, it's glorious. Oh, excuse me. Anyway, back to Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know, we've been sitting here talking for a while now, and we were supposed to sit down and figure out a roadmap for this thing, and this is ultimately why. We started this, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so we could shoot shit and record it. Not even just the shooting the shit part. Is like the conversation sometimes rolls a lot better when we don't have. We mm. have things that we want to discuss. We have things that we that we need to discuss. But yeah, but usually by now we've at least started. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But it's just been one thing after the other too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, Jim Carrey's catalog was not that great. A lot of it is not. I don't like Dumb and Dumber, except for the one joke. Dumb and Dumber is probably in my top ten favorite comedies of all time. Really? Yeah. I don't like it. I they they. It's cringy, but it's good. It's it's the cringe, except for this one fucking joke. It's super cold. They're in Aspen. They're huddling over this fucking fire, and Jeff Daniels is like, "God damn, my hands are cold." He's like. Well, take one. Of, take Dude. a pair of my gloves. Like, you have you two, two pairs pair. of gloves. Yeah, it's cold. It's Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that made me laugh really hard. The trailer, I think, was funnier than the movie for me. <laughs> I love the part where they're driving, and he realized they've been going the wrong way, and he goes, "Man, that John Denver's full of shit." <laughs> <laughs> I figured the Rockies would be a little bit more. Uh. <laughs> You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to torture anybody. There is some... There is... It is all stupid. There is no... It is so stupid. It is such a stupid movie. But there is still a bit of brilliance to it, really. To me, I think what makes me watch it... Because I've watched it many times. I think it's the charm. Because that movie has all kinds of charm, like, shoveled into it. I just don't think it's that funny, funny. 
Well, and that's the part, too, is the part where they think they're being funny is the moments that they're being at their dumbest. Well, mm-hmm. let's put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> just kind of like, let's not. And you're like, that's not Austria. That's Australia. Right. <laughs> okay. It's stuff like that that it really sealed it in. What was the line? What are the chances of a girl like you and a guy like me? Yeah. Uh, one in a million. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, in the world, man, you kind of have to have that uh, brainless optimism or else mm-hmm. you'll just be beat down by depression in moments. That's what comedies are good for. I got worms. Agreed. What? Yeah. I'm going to start my own worm story. <laughs> he wants to grow fucking earthworms. They kill the wind kid's fucking parrot. And they just yeah. use duct tape to tape its head back on. And the blind kid's like, good birdie. Um, okay. One movie that I absolutely laughed the fucking hardest at. They killed Petey. Yeah. Was uh, Freddy Got Fingered with with Tom Green. And I've only seen the movie once because I didn't want to ruin it. You know what I mean? I didn't want to watch it a million times. And I know the joke you're talking about, too. I'm talking the whole movie. Oh. I was in fucking tears oh, the whole time. You. Really? Because at the time, I don't know, Tom Green just seemed to... He appealed to something in me. Because he was willing to do the shit, kind of like Sasha Baron Cohen does. He will do the shit, regardless, mm-hmm. irregardless, or whatever, of the consequences. He don't care. When he goes into the hood as Borat, uh-huh. and he walks up... <clears throat> To these guys hanging out on the porch and they're just like you are in the wrong fucking neighborhood dude <laughs> you know they're like you shouldn't be here and by the time it's done even he said he thought he was going to get shot at you know in the I still <clears> never later seen Borat. but by the time it was done they were teaching him how to act so he go he go <laughs> he goes into a hotel afterwards and he's got his pants down behind his ass he's like <laughs> what's up vanilla face <laughs> i need the room homeboy or something like that i can't remember every line but he will do he doesn't care he runs through a hotel completely naked what i love is he's not a method actor he's a method director yeah and they wrestle each other and they like run into a crowded room they run into like a banquet hall (laughs) completely naked wrestling wrestling cock swinging it's just sasha loves to get naked in front of people he doesn't Mm -hmm. care i remember he did it a lot in bruno he loves to have his dick on the screen you know who I seen that movie with. We had met Jesus up. Jesus Christ. We had met up with Puff's mom guy. and dad over in Mount Vernon, and they went in. <laughs> Puffs. And wa- yeah, and they went in and watched that movie with us. And I was. Did they like it? That I was shocked they sat through it. I, <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember that they went in there and they watched that movie, and I was just like, I felt uncomfortable for them. <laughs> I I I can I don't know. There are certain things in movies and stuff like that that. Like, I can sit and watch stuff with my friends, but if I'm watching it with a parent, I feel uncomfortable doing it. And yep. watching that with them sitting there in front of me, like, if it was anybody else's parents, I wouldn't have gave two licks about. But people that you personally know, and you're sitting there watching, and you're like... Ooh. And you're, you really know it's not their forte. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say, if, if Puff came out of them, then they have to have a sense of humor. <coughs> yeah. Eh. They're cool people. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they watch Monty Python. I'm sure that that was... Okay, yeah. So... <clears throat> But yeah, it's it, movies like that. Like uh, you were saying, Freddie got fingered. Like Freddie got fingered. I guess just from watching Tom Green do all his shit that he did on MTV, my bum was on the whatever, and he would do he would do that. Have you ever seen the old Tom Green show? I remember that. 
My bum is on the stairs. My bum is on the stairs. And he would sing a stupid song with it. Mm -hmm. And at the time, everyone thought that was hilarious. I think I was just in a weird moment in my life because I was just like uninterested in this you're at like, all. You're like, humor? What's this? <laughs> I want nothing to do with said humor. He literally is talking about touching his bum to things, and it's not funny at all. And I think, is it in the movie that he walks up and grabs a horse cock and is shaking it? Maybe. I don't remember. The only Like part I said, that, I saw the movie once when it first came out on VHS, and I've not seen it since. The only part I remember laughing about that whole entire movie was, Daddy, would you like some sausages? Daddy, would you like some sausages? He's got <laughs> the whole living room is full of sausages on strings, and they're tied to his fingers, and he's on a keyboard. He's like, Daddy, would you like some sausage? And all, as he's doing it, the sausages are moving up and down. It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. It's nonsensical, and I think that's what gets nonsensical humor is what really gets me. That's why mm-hmm. I like Cards Without Humanity because some of the, <laughs> every once, most of them are like cutesy or kind of funny or you like giggle or you're like, oh, that's disgusting <clears throat> but funny. And then if I've had a few in me, I'll, I'll come up with someone will drop a pair of cards or a set of cards that just tickles my fucking funny bone and I'll die down laughing and that's why I play that game for those moments. Balls deep in a squealing hog <laughs> while firing a rifle in the air. America. America. Have you, do you guys know what TikTok is? Yes. Luna that, was, that was going to come up in the conversation. Luna's got this one video that she likes, and it's real, real short, and she sends it to me every once in a while just to mess with me. And it's it's hot dogs on strings, and they're hanging from a ceiling, and they're all kind of swaying. <laughs> Looks like somebody went through the room and just started okay. making a move. And I don't know if you've ever seen the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> At the very end of the episode, they go, hot dog, and there's a song that's going on. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. So that song's dog. playing? Yeah. <laughs> we got ears, it's time for cheers. Yeah, but that's And she they, loves it. She thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> she thinks it's ridiculously hilarious. She sends me that, and she knows how much I love that dog jumping down the fucking flight of stairs. Is it, the, is it like the... <laughs> oh, yeah, I know the one you're talking the about. The one bulldog, and he... he he, he, he's like trepidatious towards it, but then he, he runs goes, halfway down yep. and then he goes back up down the hall and then he just like, yeah. <laughs> he Church jumps Church. all the way down. Then you hear the old lady going, "Hey!" <laughs> I showed Chelsea that. She's like, "Oh my god, you have Best missed reactions. the point. You have missed the point of this video, woman." <laughs> I want to know what the lady was thinking when it did that. I want to see. I want to know if the dog got hurt afterwards. Too. I want to know what urged her to record that. Has he done this before? Or what? Her reaction tells me that he's never just taken a That's running why I'm wondering, jump. What the hell did he do last time you did this? That made you want to record it. Maybe he was just acting silly that day, and she's like, "I'll just, I'll just record it real quick." Maybe, yeah. Maybe he was acting different. She's like, "I'm going to take video of him." He does. He's definitely a different dog. He's been licking the paint chips off the walls. We, we watch a lot of memes and Vine compilations and TikTok compilations at my yes, house. Yes, you guys do. They just... But see, once again, a lot of them kind of fit my nonsensical sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it tickles my fancy. You think... Think about that, though. Like, YouTube, Vines, whatever, TikTok, whatever. All of those... Kids would rather watch that than sit down and watch cartoons now. Well, the, that's easier access to it, too. Well, I know that, but really, how hard would it be for them to plug into a cartoon? Not that hard. No. Mm-hmm. But they would rather sit and watch two hours worth of nonsense than sit down and watch than sit down and watch thirty minutes of or twenty two minutes of 
a serialized cartoon or a goofy... Especially when half of it's fucking commercials. I can understand the cartoon argument, I guess, or whatever. But, like, my son will... He'll watch Vines or memes or, like, kids safe... I I try to make sure he stays to the kids kids safe stuff. (laughs) Clean Vines. But, um... Then he'll sit and then he'll watch a whole season of fucking Stranger Things. Right. Which is, you know, a complete story. Or Mm -hmm. at least a season of a story. He won't, like, sit and binge watch it. He'll have it on his TV while he's playing with toys noise, or yeah. drawing, but he'll always come to it and watch mm. it and then quit and then go to something else. The first time I saw him watching it, I remember I was, uh, I just kept peeking in his room, and every time I would, he'd be sitting there fucking watching Winona Ryder, and then he'd go back to playing with his toys, then he'd hear something, he'd look back up, and then mm-hmm. he'd chuckle and just keep watching it, <laughs> and then go back to his toys. <laughs> he, he just wants to see the good parts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I mean, how many adults do that? How many adults will put on a show they like that they've already seen maybe once or twice or a dozen times? times. Well, like Lawrence, Lawrence went through the Stargate SG-1 all ten seasons probably six or seven times. I went through it when when I first got Netflix in like 2012, 2013, something like that. Mm -hmm. Stargate was on there. And I fucking sat through there and I, it was like a second job because I was like, well, I got to get through these seasons. And by the time I got to season seven or eight, I was like, well, I just got done seeing them a few years ago. I'm done. I'm checking out. But yep. Lawrence would have them on the background nonstop. No matter what he was doing, Stargate was on the TV because he just, he loved Stargate so much that he wanted it on at all times. I, I remember, not to turn this to a Stargate discussion, You're but fine. I do remember you bought seasons nine and ten and I, they were scattered all over my room forever and ever mm-hmm. and completely unwatchable. But I just remember how idiotic the last couple of seasons of that show got. Yeah, they they had to... Uh, oh, we gotta go find Merlin, because he's an alien wizard, but... Oh no, there's an alien ho- dragon, but it's not a dragon, it's a hologram, so we need to go through this maze that stops time when you go through it, so we gotta throw rocks, and it got stupid. And that's what... You know, the sad thing is, is I uh, probably... It was amazing. I can probably could have handled that, but fucking Tilk... And his goddamn hood emblem was his hood emblem. (laughs) (laughs) Right on his. I love Christopher Judge. He's the one that did the voice of Kratos in the new God of War. Yeah. Boy, come here, boy. Boy. I could not get past it. Like as soon as I seen it, I was just like, nope, not for me. I will say that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you don't have to like it. I don't. Um, I want. I want to share a story. It was when I lost my job in Kentucky, and you were still with mom and. Or mom was still living out there with Mike, the dungeon master. Yeah. The dungeon master, he used to call him. <clears throat> so, I got a fever. And the uncured is more cowbell? No, I, I mean, I, I was a little sick. I know. I had diarrhea, <laughs> and I was vomiting, and I was in bed. And I got a fever that night, and my feet were cold. Yes, I remember. And the reason my feet were cold was because stargates were gathering up around my feet. So, mm-hmm. I had to kick them away. So it was it was one of them livid fever hallucinations. You told me the only way the only way to uh, turn off the stargates was to put your foot through them. Yeah, I, either yeah. Uh, either put my foot through them or kick them away. So the whole night I was kicking my feet while my fever dream was going on. And I'm I'm in the next room playing fucking Halo Three for the first time, like reliving this experience. And all I hear is, <sighs> yeah, I was pretty fucking sick. Yeah, you. Were. I get the man flu real bad, and um, <clears throat> so I'm kicking them away. There's a part in the show. To defeat an enemy called the Replicators, huh. they have to find a way to open every Stargate in the galaxy at the same time. 
and then release an energy wave through the wormholes. I know, I know. Just hear me <laughs> out. Mark's laughing his ass off. He's trying not to laugh out loud because he's like, no, you know how I, fucking stupid you sound, Josh? I have an anecdote for this, but keep going. Okay. So, at the highest point of my fever, when my feet got the coldest, all the Stargates were open at once. And in my fever dream, I was like, this is supposed to be impossible. <laughs> the rules of <laughs> of quantum dynamics, according to the Stargate universe, that you can't do that. It can't be done. So I had to kick the Stargates away because my feet were cold. <laughs> and as my fever started to break and I started to warm up, the Stargates started going out like like night like nighttime stars. So they were they were turning off. They were turning off. So by the time my fever broke, thankfully all the Stargates were gone and I was okay. But what what everyone forgot to tell you was is Mike put peyote in your chili. <laughs> That's what really happened. I don't know if peyote gives you the shits and makes you vomit. I don't know. You do enough, I'm sure it will. I don't think Mike would have peyote. His thing was always whiskey. It was a joke, but you can take it as <laughs> in any else. Fuck, fucking Mike. We'll talk about the DM another day. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on is probably the for the best. <laughs> uh, I do remember one time, it's not entirely related to what you're saying, but I don't care. Uh, it was right after you lost one of your jobs and you were staying with us at Mike's house. Um, you had brought over Mass Effect with your 360 for the first time, and that's the first time I ever got to see you play it. So I didn't realize you were staying the night. So I'm just sitting there watching you on my bed, you know, whatever. I fall asleep, and then you wake me up and you're like, hey, uh, I can't figure out the door code for this door. It's like an elevator. Can you help me? I'm like, it's like 3 in the morning, but yeah, sure. So I get up. I don't remember this. I get up. And I, I figured out because it's the exact same puzzle from a Star Wars game. I shit you not. I do remember now. And it's the exact same fucking puzzle. So I'm like, wow, that was unbearably easy. Uh, and then I turn around and you're fucking song logs on my bed. Just snoring. <laughs> I'm like, Josh, wake up. And you're like, whatever, just play for a bit. I don't, I don't give a shit. So I'm like, all right, fuck you. So then I solved the entire Rachni crisis by myself. Nicely done. No idea what the fuck a Rachni is. Right. Nicely I, done. I, I saved the queen, damn it. Nicely done. No matter what, whether you save her or kill her, they bring her back in three. We could talk about Mass Effect 3 if you really want to talk about Mass Effect 3. No, I don't want to talk about it. Not right now. All right. Okay, so getting down to brass tacks, even though this is already running an hour and a half long. Well, that's fine. Do we want to close (laughs) this one out? Let's keep rolling. Well, I know, but I mean, do do we want to make an ending for it? And then continue recording. That way you have a space. Ta-da! We're here, ladies and gentlemen. We might as well. We can always uh, cut out the ending if you don't like it. Nailed it. No, we're good to go. Moving on. Okay. Okay.